evening and welcome to the Soho Theatre on February the 2nd, 2013 for No Pressure To Be Funny, created by Alistair Barry and Nick Revel and podcasting on the British Comedy Guide. And now it is time to introduce your host, a man who is one of the most popular presenters on LBC, although considering one of his colleagues is now a Mr N Clegg, allegedly of Sheffield, that's not saying all that much. Please welcome to the stage, Mr. James O'Brien. Thank you, Alistair. Thank you very much. Good evening, and uh, welcome to the first No Pressure to Be Funny of a new year, 2013. Lucky for some, unless you happen to work for HMV. Jessops, Blockbuster, the police, the army, you're a mackerel. A Malian librarian, a guillemot, or you really like beef burgers, <laughs> but are allergic to horse. Ryanair have just lost a battle in the High Court after refusing to pay out compensation to a passenger affected by 2010's volcanic ash cloud. Their defence was that the situation was so extraordinary, normal rules need not apply. This is apparently an idea they got from George Osborne. Princesses Eugenie and Beatrice spearheaded a British trade initiative in Germany by driving a Mini 200 yards down a road in Berlin. British trade initiative. The company that makes the Mini is now German. But then, so are the princesses. <laughs> there have been some complaints this week that any fall in the price of crude oil doesn't get passed on to motorists as quickly as the price rises do. It seems unfair, but there is actually an economic explanation for this. It's quite complicated, a little bit technical, so stay with me, but, but here goes. I hope you can follow it. Oil companies are robbing, thieving, greedy bastards who have us all over a barrel. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's begin with, uh, with some music. And our guest this week is a singer-songwriter once described as making Courtney Love look balanced. Please welcome to the stage chicken shop aficionado and no pressure to be funny regular, ladies and gentlemen, Loretta Main. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> My first song is topical because it's about how I'm feeling. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down Sometimes it goes the other way round Sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm sad Sometimes it feels like I'm going mad Stop looking at me, but keep looking at me Stop looking at me, but come closer Stop looking at me, but keep looking at me I'm 29, not going far No tax to dodge like Jimmy Carr No record deal, no boyfriend too Sometimes it feels like life is shitting on you Stop shitting on me, but keep shitting on me But stop shitting on me, but come closer 
some people don't think this is a great opening number. <laughs> but to those people, I say, fuck you! The same people who don't believe I'm bipolar. Well, actually, yes, I am bipolar. I was bipolar back when it was called manic depression. Of course, I'm bipolar. All the best people are bipolar. The magazines have told us that. Stephen Fry, he is bipolar. Catherine Zeta-Jones, she is bipolar. Kurt Cobain, it was bipolar. Mel Gibson is probably bipolar. Amy Winehouse was bipolar. Katie Malua wishes she was bipolar. Carrie Katona, Shakara is bipolar. Sinead O'Connor is a nun. Stop looking at me, but keep looking at me. But stop looking at me, but come closer. Stop looking at me, but keep looking at me. Sometimes I feel bipolar. Sometimes I feel bipolar. Sometimes I feel Ladies and gentlemen, Loretta Main. And now, please welcome to the stage Miranda Sawyer, Andrew Maxwell, Wayne Deakin, and Phil Jupiter. Miranda Sawyer is a journalist, author, and the Observer's radio critic. Hi. While I clearly don't do favouritism, she is. <laughs> she is the only panelist to have given me a nice review recently, so. I've decided to break with the non-competitive traditions of No Pressure and announce that Miranda Sawyer is this week's winner. Irish comedian Andrew Maxwell is a TV regular on both sides of the Irish Sea and presented his own show, Conspiracy Road Trip, on BBC Three. He has also twice been nominated for the Edinburgh Comedy Award, but, but sadly mm. fell at the final hurdle, so perhaps Miranda could explain to him what winning feels like. Brilliant. Wayne Deakin is an Australian comedian who used to work in advertising. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better than you people. Uh, and therefore may well be the most morally questionable figure we have ever had on the show. Comedian, poet, DJ, rock star, Bolivian motorist Phil Jupiter's is best known for his appearance in the play Coalition, which opens in London on February the 19th. <laughs> and also entirely coincidentally happens to star Alistair Barry, who is very good in it, we all agree, it says here in this link written by Alistair Barry. It's very much Alistair's show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your panel. Right, we begin with The Devil's Advocate, where leading theatrical knight Sir Alistair Barry takes a slightly contrary position on a recent news story. So, this evening, with the motion that referendums should decide everything, please welcome the unsung hero of Coalition, opening in London February the 19th, Dame Alistair Barry. in a democracy which is the best form of government because Winston Churchill said so. That is why we are so keen on exporting it to other countries right up until they elect people we don't like. There are certain exceptions, of course. The Saudis can live in a feudal theocracy and do what they like to women as long as they give us the least most ridiculous price for oil. 
how the Taliban must be kicking themselves that cars don't run on heroin. <laughs> so, democracy is best, as it should be, because it was invented by the Greeks, who also came up with the Olympics, which we improved. <laughs> the only problem with voting is that it deals in individuals, which is how you can end up with problems like Nadine Doris. Admittedly, sometimes it can be amusing, such as this week, when a small group of Tories start backing an alternative leadership candidate like Adam Afriye, which is blatantly absurd. I mean, a black man in charge of the Conservatives? What next? A woman? <laughs> <clears throat> that is why we need to make a fundamental change and start dealing with issues, not personalities, and why I welcome David Cameron's promise to have an in-out referendum on the EU. It's very exciting. There hasn't been this much talk about the hokey-cokey since George Osborne stopped going to parties in the city. <laughs> what could go wrong with asking the British for their opinions on our European neighbours? What do you think of the French? Smelly. Germany? Organised. Italy? Corrupt. Greece? Corrupt. Lazy. Spain? Lazy. Portugal? Lazy. Cyprus? Lazy. What do you do? I'm on benefits. <laughs> We're not lazy. We're about to spend 20 years building the kind of high-speed rail network that the rest of Europe has enjoyed for decades. This is exactly the kind of engineering project that reminds us what we do best, pretending it's the Victorian era and, then we st and that we still rule most of the world. It's also refreshing to see the coalition working hard to reintroduce other values from our imperial heyday, such as the workhouse and rickets. I am personally fully in favour of child labour and violently opposed to universal suffrage and cannot wait for these issues to be put to the public so we can have the kind of enlightened philosophical debate we are already enjoying on our membership of the Kraut Frog Wop Axis. <laughs> you can already see how well this is working with the referendum on Scottish independence and its subtle emphasis on running around in blue woad shouting freedom. Democracy is all very well, but it's only when the shouting starts that we can truly say that it is working properly, and that is why referendums are the way forward. I will, of course, be putting this to a vote, probably in about ten years' time, by which point, with any luck, you'll have forgotten what the question is, or, knowing Brussels, I'll have been stopped by some idiotic health and safety directive. Thank you very much. <laughs> Alistair Barry, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Alistair. Well, he covered a lot of ground. I'm not sure how fertile... Any of it will prove for our purposes. Should we just jump in and try? We've got the EU, we've got the looming referendum there, we've got mention of the, of the High Speed 2 rail link. It will probably swiftly degenerate into lazy jokes about foreigners, but let's aim high, at least to start with. Um, if we had to pick a subject that people who care about it, Phil Jupiter's care, incredibly passionately, and make it impossible for the rest of us to know how everybody else feels about it. The EU and the anti-EU lobby. I mean, I, there might just be 11 really, really noisy people, but it could be that this is something that a referendum will split the country on. Where, where do you...? Well, I, I think that the most fascinating thing for me about Cameron's approach to the referendum is that part of his... That the speech which he made at dawn one morning, literally, <laughs> he woke up several cockerels. It was so early. The, normally, uh, the, the news cycle is such that... That, that on the Today programme they say he's going to make a speech but at like quarter to eight they were like he's in the middle of it now <laughs> he's, he's cracking on early with this he obviously wants it to be in a lot of news bulletins um, I, uh, I was fascinated by him saying he was very much stressing we're an island you know it's an island we're very different from them we've got the channel 
and ferries, and I know we dug a tunnel, but we're still an island. We could fill the tunnel in and sink the ferries, is what I'm tacitly suggesting here. We're different to them, because they're all next to each other, but we're an island race. He used that phrase, island race, uh, and, and he kind of was sort of between the lines saying, we are colossally racist, and we don't really belong with these people. <laughs> It's like, on, it's like when you saw on a kid's school report, does not play well with others. <laughs> <laughs> Britain doesn't join in with the others. Sits in the corner, poking themselves. Um, but, yeah. he, but he wants to stay in. That, that, your analysis sounds fair. Yeah, Although, yeah. having spent nine years presenting... Yeah, no, 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 you say he wants to stay yeah, in. Well, I think you'll find... He wants to stay in. And that always works well on a podcast, the old fingers held up doing quotes. <laughs> I've, wait, I've waited years Wait to until this. my mime bit in the middle is going to knock some socks off. For the purposes of the tape. Um, I think he does want to stay in, Miranda, because he recognises that actually that is the rational, sane, never really discussed side of the argument, and yet he has all of these people usually sitting behind him in Parliament who are screaming the opposite. So he is trying to herd cats. Well, yeah, he's, he's trying to herd cats, but also I think there's a kind of there's a weirdness about national identity in this country that that makes it difficult for us to decide what we are. Kind of full stop. So, you know, if you're, I once got asked to do um, a show, and it was about music. We had to talk about the I don't know the top 100 British hits, and they said, um, uh, you know, we'd like you to talk about you too. And I said, but they're Irish, and they said, um, no, they're. British, and I know that they're, they're definitely Irish. I know they're Irish, yeah. and the, they came back and said, "No, no, no, it's okay. They're, they're part of the British Isles. That's all right." <laughs> so, so they, I think there's a genuine. Was it Channel Five? Was it Miranda? Honestly, you know what? It was the BBC. <laughs> oh well, I say. But, they, but I think there's a kind of weirdness. We don't quite know where we stand yeah, in relation lovely. to Ireland or Scotland or. or well, I, don't, I don't know how to introduce Andrew now. Yeah, I don't, but I don't, I genuinely think that people within this country, because because although we are supposedly an island an island and a bit over here, I don't know if you've noticed yes. the Northern Irish bit, but we still don't know where we are in relation to Europe or indeed America or Australia or anywhere. We just, if we want, we'll join in and then when we don't want, we'll pull away. Yeah. I mean, if you said to somebody, oh, by the way, you can't, you're not in Europe anymore so you can't be in the Champions League, <laughs> I think that people would be very worried. Fair point. <laughs> Wayne, you, you have the the outsider's perspective on, well, this, on yeah, this island well, nation. Well, I'm from Australia and my visa runs out in two months, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to iron ore and proper fucking racism. <laughs> 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 this is just slightly amusing to me. <laughs> but you, uh, you, you, you hear Miranda's description of ours as being conflicted by our own identity. Is this something you've encountered? It is that thing of you are not very racist because you hate each other so much you've got no hate left for anybody else. <laughs> it's, it, it's, that's what, you will beat each other over Sainsbury versus Tesco if there's nothing else. It's just, that's just the British... And everyone hates everyone, so it's, it's, does it matter? If you haven't got them, something, something else will turn up. Ireland. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll always be there, England. <laughs> Always. <laughs> We're never moving out. I, I, always I, be there. Poland, they'll move on. 
We're always going to fucking be here. You understand me? Can I just say to the people listening at home that I think that it's a little incendiary of Andrew to be wearing a balaclava. <laughs> it's called a ski mask and it's for sporting reasons. How does the, uh, how does the EU conversation unfold at home, Andrew? How, how, what, in how, Ireland? Yeah. It's a different thing, you see, because we've got a totally different perspective on it, you know? That European Union money uh, brought Ireland into um, the, uh, the future. <laughs> Forty years ago, we were, te- you know, in my, in my lifetime, fucking the devil was on the national curriculum, right? You, you, you learned about Satan in Irish class and Irish folklore. The devil was at the roundabout. The devil at the roundabout! Thousands of years of Irish men just too scared to leave the pub. <laughs> terrified. You know? How, how did and, then the, and then the European Union showed up and built roundabouts. <laughs> and I, uh, so there's not, one imagines, that much animosity towards the No, no, we don't have it. We don't look at it like that. It, it gave us, you, you know what I mean? Here's an interesting thing that I'd never, I'd never heard, and I love facts and figures and fucking news and whatnot. Um, when the Irish economy went down the shit, or what was it, about four years ago, yeah. um, uh, George Osborne, uh, whose real name is Viscount Ballon Taylor of Tipperary, <laughs> he's, a, he's an Anglo-Irish aristocrat. Uh, his money's based on the blood of the famine. Uh, well, it wasn't a lot of blood because you just starved to death, but you get the idea. <laughs> the blue mouths of the famine. Uh, it's true, and that's what he is. He's an Anglo-Irish aristocrat. And when uh, it looked like Germany and France were going to fuck us, like really fuck Ireland, really, uh, really. just uh, basically making us take money and then pay it back at credit card rates. They were really going to fucking shaft us. So like they a sort gonna, of international were, payday loan. Yeah, they were, yeah, exactly. They were One pretty... That was it. Hello, yeah. uh, could I speak to Ireland, please? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a cash flow problem? Yes. Do you have problems? We can consolidate all of your beautiful road debts into one (laughs) easy-to-pay option. We believe we can send Satan back, if you like. (laughs) Don't believe us? Listen to France. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very good deal. (laughs) You were missold Satan, then? Yeah, basically. But but, uh, the the Tories, uh, with the Lib Dems in the background, jumped in and saved Ireland. Bailed us out uh, at a much lower rate. And the backbench of the Tories were like, why the fuck have you given the Woodcurns money? <laughs> Who, uh, why would you give the stable boy money? Right? They bailed us out because this, this is a very illuminating fact that I didn't know about the relationship between uh, these two islands. Uh, uh, what's his name? Cameron had to stand up in the House of Commons and go, the Republic of Ireland is a larger trading partner with the UK then China, Russia, Brazil, and India combined. Wow. What yeah. are you buying? Fucking Guinness. everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything. Right there. Right there, my friend. Right. And lap dancers. Yeah. Uh, everything. <laughs> everything has to go, pretty much, everything that is consumed in Ireland has to come through the larger Ireland from mainland Europe. The only real thing the other way is the internet lands in Ireland. Right? <laughs> we could basically... <laughs> Fuck England by turning off the internet. It's 
the internet's a physical thing. You always think of it as some ethereal thing, but it's in fact a big fat cable that lands in really? Valencia in I Kenya. I've not, I, unfortunately, your delivery so far has been so mercurial that I've got no idea whether you're swinging the lead now. Or, or, or no, no, I don't believe in swinging lead. Well, no, it's a journey. It, it lands in Kerry and it's a big cable, and uh, Ireland could Jesus. easily hold. Britain the ransom, turn off the internet. See you oh, later. Can we get our own? I'm scared. Can yeah. we get our own cable? I, that's all right. I'm, I'm an O'Brien. I'll be all right. I'll get my own little secret route. It all depends. I'll be, I'll be. Two generations I'll back, otherwise, fuck you. I'll be sound. <laughs> we had to draw the line somewhere, fella. We send a lot of children everywhere, so, man. So, so your your plan for economic success is to 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 break the internet wire. <laughs> And yeah. then send Irish lap dancers over here mm. because we'll all be so sexually repressed with no internet. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. pub will be just full of hefty Colleen's dancing around <laughs> reinforced hairy toed beauties. I, 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 I did a. Where's that place? You, you know that, that I did that gig in that Irish village, that mad little Irish village. Which um, one? Uh, no, the, the one. No, there's a particularly mad. The, the one where they finish every sentence with hi, just south of the border. Oh, you're talking uh, Ballybuffet. Hey, hey. Ballybuffet. Anywhere, anywhere on the border. Hey. I, All I, this case, hey. I did this gig in RD and uh, and and it wasn't very well subscribed. And the guy that ran the gig went, "Oh, Phil, hey, I'm very sorry that the, the gig's not full, but to be honest, they didn't believe you were coming." <laughs> yeah. Miranda, can you imagine, uh, describe, or even speculate upon how your life or the life of anybody else in this room would be changed measurably? If, if we voted to leave, if the British people voted in this referendum that may happen, to leave the EU? I suppose the, the things that people get exercised about um, in the Sun and, and uh, the Mail, obviously I read the Mail website, um, uh, is other than things like Kim Kardashian, um, is things like uh, uh, laws coming down from yeah. on high. That's what people don't really like. They don't understand it's why suddenly, the, suddenly you know, we have to decide that some kind of cheese is not our cheese anymore. Um, and those things, I think, are, are completely a waste of time and, and money. But I don't think that if we get rid of the EU, these things will go away. Some, there's always somebody, some health and safety little minion, will decide that that cheese is wrong anyway. So it, it's, there's always somebody doing a job's worth kind of job. It just happens to be the EU at the moment. So it becomes harder to pinpoint, as, as long as that conversation continues, precisely where all the passion comes from. And who, would, what, what, what emotion... The war, are, my friend, the war. Yeah. You really think it's the yeah, shadow of the Bosch? Without a doubt, mm. it's still the war. It's the reason why Germany won't use their army at all. It's also, do you, you not know, think it's also... Because if you, if you live in London, then it's quite hard to understand because obviously London is full of, you know, full of tourists, full of people who come Everywhere. here. Blah, 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 blah. So you just, you know, you, that's fine. You, that's one of the joys of London. But if you live somewhere where you get exercised by, you know, if there's somebody new in the pub that you haven't seen before, then the idea that we're, uh, you know, part of a larger society that includes people you don't know and might be a different colour from you and speak a different language gets you very, very exercised. I think if you're in London, you genuinely can't understand why anybody is bothered about it at all. Uh, I think it's, it's John Cleese was actually asked about this, his whole, you know, don't, don't mention the war bit and mm. all the rest of it. And he said he reckoned the reason why the English were still so obsessed with the war is because it was the last time Britain was truly important. But what English? You're, I mean, the, the, the English, Great the, Britain. But, but you know? where would you put the age? Well, it's barrier. still fed in. It's still would fed you, in, isn't it? You you know, the, the people who uh, decide what is going to be the media content in the UK were born in and around the war. And may have lost a parent, or may have certainly have been told the reason why they couldn't have right. butter was because of the Germans. Right, or watched way too much uh, no, Stan that, Boardman. That, that, yeah. uh, uh, there, was a, there was not a lot of butter around in the second <laughs> world. 
and no bananas. Wayne, do we strike you as a nation that is still enthralled to something that happened, well, 70 years ago? Yeah, of course. Well, again, it goes back to that. It was when you were all together. You, well, you stopped fighting each other and then you went, right, we've got a common enemy. Let's all get together. Let's, you know, the, the blitz spirit. Every time there's a fucking half ass flood around here, it's the blitz spirit again. <laughs> get over it. Yeah, that's true. But Actually, no, the I mean, water-based hey, ones are more Dunkirk. You try writing radio also, headlines. I mean, if you, ask, <laughs> <laughs> if you ask the audience... Ask the audience. If you ask the audience if they would be bothered to vote in a referendum... I, I kind of wouldn't. I mean, would you be bothered? I can't really see who you are. Hello. But, I mean, you know, would you be asked to vote about the EU? Is it that important to you when it comes down to it that, that people say, oh, you have to leave if you don't vote? Because I think you look like people who like to vote. Quick show of hands. Let's test it. Let's have a referendum. Put your hand up. if you Don't, don't care what you're going to vote. Don't be shy, sir. Just because the, dude, the dude here wants to vote, vote. Let's vote on, on something, something right now. <laughs> put, put your hand up now if you think you would vote in a referendum on EU membership. These are voters. Okay. These are proper Okay, that's cool. Down now. Yeah. Now. Oh, hello. <laughs> just for the people at home. Just for the people at home, that's about three quarters. Now slides up again, please. Yeah. People yeah. that wouldn't. People that would just go, oh, fuck it. Well, they're not going to put their hand up. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to put their hand up. Point. It's a, it's a very personality good point. type. And, and very quickly, who would vote out? Okay, yeah, so we like we, you're both very easily identifiable. <laughs> <laughs> I think we better yeah. put the house lights back down again. So we don't really think it's worth voting about. We don't really think many people would vote. Oh, no, no. Everybody would. And they, would and, they all, and they all seem to appear to vote that they wanted it's to It's very much worth in. voting about because at the moment the European legislation is keeping uh, your uh, um, leave and your work hours together. Mm. Once we're out of Europe, then the way is clear for... Or kind of, you know, the union's going to have to battle again for those rights. This is the amazing rhetoric. You know, you, the people who actually say it's absolutely disgraceful. They, 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 they stop us from doing too many hours in a week, these bloody Europeans. This is a bit like, like, Christ, they stopped us sending children up chimneys. Who do they think they are, these people? And, and their argument, no offence to the two gentlemen just over on that side, but the argument, the argument never goes any further. It's yeah, but the awful making us... Check our cheese for botulism. Yeah, in, in all fairness, in all fairness, you know it did ruin the competitiveness of the uh, chimney sweep industry. <laughs> you know, I mean, that is the other side of it, yeah. Um, yeah, but then gas came along, so you know you'd have, you'd have had all these armies of urchins. Yeah, which keeps the Russians in business. Absolute, those yeah, fucks. I mean, yeah, it's very, very difficult to get a child corgi approved to do <laughs> oh. to do gas fitting work. It's so much more complicated than giving them a brush and sending them up a fucking chimney. Trust me. <laughs> There's training, and they have to know about welding and shit. Oh, Jesus. I've been thinking about the Queen's dogs. I've been trying to work out what this joke was about. <laughs> just, uh, excuse me. I apologise. Andrew, a man that's got electric heating. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> finger on the pulse. Economy 7. There, there is a case, Andrew. I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know if you've heard <laughs> For the benefit of the tape, Phil Jupiter is having hysterics. Water-induced. <laughs> you nearly got showered, dude, the, the, so <laughs> careful when you have time, though. Um, there's, I've heard it argued quite plausibly that the EU was responsible for the peace process working because so many European grants arrived 
in Northern Ireland. No, no not at all, not at all. See, what you These sort of made-up jobs, like community development well, no, officer, no, would go to Tommy the terrorist, who, who no, had time no. on his hands. For, for the tape, Andrew Maxwell's eyebrows just about went through they, the roof. This is true. <laughs> they actually yeah. shot the balaclava off his head. The, uh, th- this is true, but I'm the only one who's allowed to say for the benefit of the tape, because I am conducting this interview. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. There was all sorts of stuff uh, involved. Uh, the uh, primary people involved in the actual killing on the streets, they got a little bit older. Uh, they were middle-aged and they didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, they wanted and a new job. Yeah, they, they wanted Lazy. Any, yeah, they, just wanted, <laughs> they wanted a job that didn't involve strangling people on a waste ground. <laughs> and then at the exact same time, in Ireland and, in, and over here and in Ireland, simultaneously, there was uh, two prime ministers uh, who were a pair of uh, sleazy hustlers uh, in case Blair here and we had a hern in Ireland who were constantly being pushed from behind by two incredibly ugly finance ministers right we had Cowan you had Brown here who were in some sort of Machiavellian kind of fucking you know Shakespearean move constantly trying to shove them from behind both Blair and her knew that they were going to lose their jobs uh, Sinn Féin they knew that they were never going anywhere because they're Stalinists and there's no such thing as an election and they just knew they just had to wait till Blair and, you know, Ahern had to leave and they kind of rushed through the peace deal. That's it. it the war on the streets has never fucking ended. Mm. Cheerful notes. <laughs> you asked me a straight question. I did, and, and, you know, the, it's called No Pressure to be Funny. I just yeah, I don't never expect people to take it quite that literally. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely don't, I don't think the European Union had much to do with it. It was also, to do with, it was also a generational thing in America. One of three uh, business executives in America is Irish-American. You know, it was that thing after the GI Bill. It took a couple of generations. Oh, uh, but Irish Catholics got into power in America, and that's what they wanted to get through. Happened. I'm, I still can't shake the idea of aging terrorists not wanting to, you know. Do it. Yeah. You get out there and you fucking kneecap the little bastard. Oh. Yeah, you know what I mean? With me back. Fuck off. Don't talk to me about knees. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't have the passion for it anymore. <laughs> Sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm going blue wire, red wire. <laughs> I don't remember. I can't remember what the rain they told me in the maze was. Blue will always see you through. Red will mean you're dead in the bed. I don't know. Whatever. Just drive it over the border. Problem solved. But the, the, the next thing on my list is, is the high speed two rail link. <laughs> Did that have any bearing on the Northern Irish peace process, Andrew? <laughs> well, you couldn't have got it off the ground if we hadn't stopped bombing railways, you know. <laughs> if uh, good people of Southern Cheshire want to get in touch, uh, <laughs> we can, it's like the Wild West. We can make sure it won't go near your village, you know what I mean? They'll go around Audley Edge. What's it? What's it called? Audley. Audley oh, Edge. Yeah, yeah. So where I'm from, I'm Aud- from Wilmslow, which yeah. is uh, very nice. Ne- we actually did have a bomb in Wilmslow one time. It was an IRA yeah, bomb yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah. You sound almost proud. I was. Well, I was so shocked. <laughs> Wilmslow. If you don't know Wilmslow, Wilmslow is it's part of um, George Osborne's constituency, Tatton. and it's it's incredibly nouveau riche. It's where you move to if you are a footballer for United or City, or uh, you're a Coronation Street actor. And I'm very proud to come from there. And uh, one. Yeah, I can't remember. It was about 1996, maybe, something like that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. there was an IRA bomb on Wilmslow Station. <laughs> He's looking at Andrew as if you expect him to get his diary no, but he out. Knows. <laughs> the thing about <laughs> uh, the thing about Andrew is it's the kind of thing that he knows. I do, I do. Yeah, it was yeah. the same, same deal. The Wilmslow Rotary Club were furious because <laughs> it was the first time they were pushed off the front page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Presumably in Wilmslow, then, this is this is. 
they're it's taking a big up deal. cudgels. Yeah, mm. it's a it's a it's a it's well, it's yes, it is a big deal. But obviously, the Rotary Club mm. takes precedence. But the yes, yeah, so the idea is that uh, supposedly George Osborne used his influence to make it kind of loop around, so it won't hurt Wilmsley so much. Ah. So, Wayne, I feel I didn't I didn't hear enough from you on the subject of of the European Union referendum. I, I just kind of going to take a punt and say probably on the high speed rail link. Again, if, you're leaving, if you're leaving the country in two months, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, unless you can who, catch it, who is going to afford? Who is going to afford it though? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a stand. I'm coming to travel around Britain constantly, and it is so expensive getting around by rail. It, the costs are extraordinary. Who the hell is going to? I'm sure it's going to take an hour, but it's going to. Have they done costing? It's going to cost like two, three hundred quid to get to Manchester. Mm. And, and Manchester and London hate each other, so why would you want to get to the other one quicker? Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't understand. Cheaper pills. It's this, also, was, this, this was a woman who rang me, who lives, lives near, near Paddington Station. And I swear to you, she actually said, I, I've, I've, I've asked everyone I know, would you ever want to go to Birmingham? <laughs> <laughs> and, and none of them did, James. Yeah. None of them did. Not what, one chap had been for a wedding, but he didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> That these are the people of whom you speak. Yeah. Well, it's. I don't like. It's also like. It's not going to be done for another thirty years. Yeah. So what is like, it then? It's. It's. But a who big knows what like technology? I mean, we already have Skype now. Yeah, it's been sold like so it's for businessmen. Yeah. Oh, they so businessmen can fly around the club. You know what businessmen are like. Business. They yeah. they need to meet each other face to face so they can do their business. <laughs> <laughs> and they need to meet each other as quickly as possible. Hello, I'm a businessman. Can you meet me in an hour's time? <laughs> yes, fellow businessman, I'll see you there. Beep. Onto the train. Let the businessman commence. You know, there's Skype. They can, you know, yeah. they can they just s- Skype each other. Hello, yeah. businessman. <laughs> Businessman, I can I can hear you, businessman, but your camera's not turned on right now. <laughs> These fucking whores that are selling this thing, it drives me up the wall because they did everything but paint faces on the front of the trains uh, <laughs> and have them launched by Ringo Starr. Well, we got some trains coming up to Manchester really soon that are going to be ever so fast. So I don't like Liverpool, <laughs> and I just said that on air. <laughs> <laughs> Time now for a, a short, I think, light-hearted interlude that we've decided to call Dictionary Corner. Uh, this week's uncontentious word is anti-Semitism. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Nick Revel. Yeah! I think it was about last March. I was, uh, I was coming home from a gig in, in Leicester Square. I was on the Piccadilly line, and crowd, uh, tube was rammed. It was about half eleven... Tube was rammed, and there's four or five Arsenal fans singing songs about Spurs. As you probably know, people in America who are listening on the podcast might not know. There's a big rival between Arsenal and Spurs. They're both North London clubs, and Arsenal have a go at Spurs for being uh, a Jewish club. And uh, there's certain songs which sort of allude to all that. And normally they're fairly sort of light-hearted within a, within a football context. And these f- four or five guys, they're singing these songs, and you're thinking, oh, okay, so it's nothing sort of too serious. Then suddenly they go into this song, and it's the, the chorus of it is fucking Jew! And it was that kind of acceleration and gear change, and it was being thrown out to the entire carriage. And I'm sitting halfway down the seats, and, and all the seats are full, and I'm thinking, well, they can't get to me all at once because I've got one of the bars vertical next to me. <laughs> So I'm thinking, well, I'm not having this. So I start 
eyeballing the biggest one, uh, take my glasses off, <laughs> left, left hand uh, into my pocket because I've got my keys there, and I've got a uh, biography of Charlie, Chop, Charlie Chaplin in my right hand, and I, quite a big book, and I sort of turn <laughs> it around so that the spine is facing out. I'm thinking, Ooh. I'm going to get battered, but at least I'll take two of them. And, um, <laughs> so I'm eyeballing the biggest one, and uh, he looks at me, and he goes, what? And I said, your singing is out of order. It's outrageous. It's anti-Semitic. I want you to apologize, and I want you to stop. Uh, and inside, uh, I'm saying to myself, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then I'm answering back, and I said, well, you know, I'm going to get a batter in, but needs to take a stand here. That's totally out of order. It's, uh, it's anti-Semitic. And, and that's how I understand the word anti-Semitic to mean, that it means hostile and hateful of Jews, right? But it seems to me that, as I read the papers of the last few years, that the definition has kind of broadened out. So, excuse me, why are you crushing that peace protester with your bulldozer? Anti-Semitic! <laughs> uh, is there perhaps a case for politely suggesting that meeting out long-term collective punishment to an entire people on the grounds of national security is, in fact, possibly counterproductive to your own long-term self-interest? Anti-Semitic! I hate chicken soup. Anti-Semitic! <laughs> this bagel's stale. Anti-Semitic! <laughs> and last week, Gerald Scarf got called anti-Semitic uh, for doing that cartoon in the Sunday Times, which I'm assuming you're familiar with. Uh, but if, if, if you're not, it, it shows Benjamin Netanyahu with a, with a trowel cementing a wall, uh, the peace wall, and in the peace wall are trapped Palestinians in anguish positions, and the caption is, will cementing peace continue after the Israeli election and, uh, and, and you know the cartoon was, was certainly grotesque and, and offensive because Rupert Murdoch said it was and <laughs> when it comes to knowing grotesque and offensive I think we all have to defer to Rupert Murdoch but, but was the cartoon anti-Semitic uh, and actually um, there was a lot of debate about this but yes it was and I can prove it and, and, and here's why. Uh, Gerald Scarf has been planning that cartoon for 50 years, because um, one of the objections was that the cartoon alluded to the blood libel, uh, the, the ludicrous idea that, that there was around a lot in the Middle Ages, but you still get some fascist uh, East European politicians uh, uh, accusing Jews of it now, which is the blood libel is the idea that, that Jews used to steal Christian babies and drink their blood and, 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 and eat them. Now, <laughs> my grandmother was Jewish, uh, which therefore means my dad was, was Jewish, and, and I can honestly say that in our family, we never, ever... <laughs> once killed and ate a Christian baby. <laughs> Emis. I, 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 okay, maybe once or twice, but only on very special occasions <laughs> and only very noisy Christian babies on long-haul flights, okay? So, you know, I think there's a certain amount of sort of moral leniency there. Now, when I was a, when I was a kid, five or six years old, my, my dad and I, we used to go to Spurs together. And, and before we went, we, we always used to go around to Gerald Scarf's house for a, for a cup of tea. And Jane Asher would bake a cake. It, it, it was nice. <laughs> uh, none of this section is true, by the way. My, my dad was a scrap metal dealer. <laughs> when was he ever going to meet Gerald Scarf, let alone be friends with him? And, you know, Gerald Scarf had never even met Jane Asher then. She would have been about eight. This was 50 years ago. But, you know, some people define the borders of Israel according to what they claim God said in the the Old Testament. So I think we're all entitled to use blatant fiction from time to time to 
prosecute an argument. So, so anyway, there we were all round at Gerald and Jane's and before the match. It was 1963, the glory days. And, and Gerald's showing my dad his latest cartoon and my dad's showing Gerald the easy way to tell bronze from gunmetal. And, and just before <laughs> we're heading off for the... It was a happy day. Uh, we're heading off for the match and, 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 and Jane offers me uh, another piece of cake. I'm only six, but I'm polite. And I say, no, thank you, it's lovely cake, but if I have another piece, I shan't have room for my half-time pie at the Spurs. And Jane says, well, what's your favourite pie to have at half-time at the Spurs? I say, Christian baby, of course. <clears throat> and, and Gerald said, What? You eat Christian babies at Tottenham Hotspur? This is such outrageous behaviour that for the next 50 years I shall draw insulting cartoons satirising the bad behaviour of figures from across the entire political spectrum, ostensibly with no ideological axe to grind, but secretly with the sole purpose of one day, 50 years from hence, getting away with making an anti-Semitic attack on the Prime Minister of Israel. And I'm trying to help, you know, so, so I say, oh, but it has to be a Christian baby because the foreskin is the best bit. <laughs> Now, yeah, exactly, but this is my point entirely. Words are powerful and you shouldn't abuse them. Every time you use the word anti-Semitic falsely or cheaply, you diminish its evil. You reveal the weakness of your own moral position. You insult the victims of the Shoah and you encourage anti-Semitism. Back on the tube. (laughs) The Arsenal fans are staring, I'm staring... And then the one I'm staring at says, sorry. And he shut up and they stopped singing. And uh, frankly, I was a bit relieved at that point. Uh, <laughs> slightly amazed as well. And then it all breaks up into a bit of a chat, as it sometimes you know, does on the tube after a little bit of a crisis. And this woman next to me, she says, are you Jewish then? I said, what? She said, well, why else did you have a go at them for being anti-Semitic? And I said, uh, only Jews should object to anti-Semitism? And she said, oh, I see what you mean. (laughs) I hope she did. (laughs) Nick Revel, ladies and gentlemen. Well, it's customary at this point to spawn a conversation from what Nick has just done, but if anyone wants to follow that... Uh, it's a weird thing being accused of anti-Semitism. Mm. Uh, I've had it. I was joking about Israel one night on stage in, uh, a, so would have said, a similarly pleasant demographic as in this evening. It was in a, in a leafy Guardian-reading suburb, so I assumed people could understand fucking context. <laughs> and and uh, I was joking about Israel. I, can't even, I honestly can't remember what I was talking about, but it was, it was something. It was some silly fucking story from Israel. It wasn't even about Palestinians. And this woman uh, accused me of anti-Semitism. She goes, you're being anti-Semitic. And he fucking threw me. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not, b- I'm not blaming Jewish people from all over the world for the mess Israel finds itself in. That'd be totally unfair. That's like blaming Irish people for America. <laughs> right? It was a crazy project that got out of hand. <laughs> we were looking for somewhere we'd be safe. Has it cut? Cu- <laughs> what cu- I don't understand. No, hang on, I want to ask you, I ask you a on. serious question. Yeah, no, no uh, I mean it. I, I don't understand. There's way too much in the Israel Palestine thing that is just allowed pass. There's so much idiocy and daft comment, you know, that it eventually it's hard to know what's real. But have you, have you idea- cut your cloth subsequently? Do you? Do you? Do no, you, not at all. You no. don't, because you said you were discombobulated through you, and it, well, it's, it's a horrible f- thing to have said to well, you. Well, it threw me for a second then, and I realised, fucker. 
you know? <laughs> uh, I just saw, you know, I mean, what kind of Jew are you that you can't take a joke, you know? I don't... The one that amazes... <laughs> the one... <laughs> You're not welcome in my temple. Uh, what I find weird is, is this whole thing, you know, the, the ratcheting up between Israel and Iran. You know, that, well, we're, the Israelis thing of, we're going to have to bomb Iran so they don't get a nuclear bomb. Why? Because it's an existential threat against us, the Israeli state. Okay. How could Iran bomb Israel physically? How could they do that without also wiping out all the Palestinians, most of Jordan, most of Syria, and definitely all of Lebanon, and probably Cyprus? You know, there's no actual way that a bomb could be used against Israel in that way. But that's never mentioned. Well, it has been now, Andrew. It's just, it's it's just, it's, you know, I'm sure. Don't you think there's a weird thing about just the the use of words? I remember the 80s. Um, and there was a point, you know, speaking as a, a feminist, there was, a, there was definitely a point where stand-up comics in particular, but generally men, <laughs> could not say anything that involved women without us going... Yeah. <laughs> they were great days. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I mean, on one level, it was quite funny being a woman at that point. Yeah. Just literally, you know, anybody would kind of say anything, yeah. even vaguely complimentary, you could go, ooh, ooh <laughs> you sexist, terrible. Hold the and door for me, pig. And, and exactly. And, uh, and, and, and stand-up comedy <laughs> suffered very badly from that. And, things and, that, and, and that kind of, now, now that changed, because obviously, through the joys of Loaded, we all got a sense of humour. Um, and... <laughs> And things moved on, so that now, supposedly, you know, we can, you know, women can mm. all take a joke about everything. But there are still some areas, I think, where there's kind of a trigger word that you can't, you can't joke about. You can't, you can kind of make, you know, I don't know. Like I've, I've been in a kind of situation at a stand-up club where somebody's made a joke about paedophiles, and it's just a funny joke. But there's definitely been some people go, <laughs> you know, they get a bit funny about mm. it. And I think anti-Semitism mm. or anything like that is. is that yeah, kind well, of there's always seems to be some taboo, but the conch of the taboo moves on. Mm. Oh, oh, what a beautiful that's a panel show there. Isn't <laughs> 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 Pass me the conch of the taboo. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Uh, Channel five, come talking to me. <laughs> um, you know, it's come full circle. Uh, briefly, someone from the Telegraph went to interview. This is going to sound like the worst anecdote in history. I've just realised. Some, <laughs> someone from the Daily Telegraph went to interview someone from X Factor the other day. I'm afraid, off the top of my head, I could name the journalist, but not the 17-year-old girl who did very well on the last series of X Factor. Anybody? What about the two Eurosceptics? <laughs> and, and it was a telephone interview which you've conducted and, and, and I've conducted with young pop stars who got this coterie of people in the room which didn't exist when, 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 when we started out and the 17 year old girl was asked if she was a feminist and the PR, the male PR lent into the, have you seen this? lent into the tele and said she's not going to answer that I know. I know. I mean, the thing that I thought about that was I thought, <laughs> what a rubbish PR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what was his yeah. name? His name his came name, out later. I, can't remember, oh. I really can't remember, but I did think, what a terrible example of PR. I mean, you just let yeah, her yeah. bumble through. She may not know what feminism is, but to have a man come in and say she's not going to answer that, yeah. it's just like... <laughs> brains everywhere. But, uh, but uh, yes, I mean, I think that what's interesting, I mean, talking about uh, words that have changed their meaning, anti-Semitism being one, feminism is definitely one. So yeah. that uh, 
for my generation, I, I would assume that feminism is, basically means equality um, between women and men. But I think that now, post that time, there's a lot of women, young women in particular, who think it means, oh, they have to dress nastily and people won't fancy them. And, uh, and they don't like it anymore. They think it seems strident. But I think that that's possibly because, you know, it's not entirely true, obviously, because we still don't get paid the same wages as men and there are lots of other different reasons, but they feel like they are equal, so they don't need that word. Mm. Be, be a lot easier if they got off their fucking iPhones and read some books. Yeah, <laughs> there would be that. Just well, a thought. Thank you very much, Phil Jupiter. <laughs> Sorry, I've got two daughters. Drives me out the and fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to share with you a story that's true and a little underreported to my mischievous mind, which has proved a great warming comfort to me during difficult times. And, and that story is, is this. The leader of the English Defence League, um, a man who goes by the name Tommy Robinson sometimes, Stephen Lennon at other times, uh, and according to his own passport, uh, yet another name. He's, he's sort of like the Grant Shapps of honest fascism. <laughs> The leader of the English Defence League is currently in prison in this country for being an illegal immigrant. <laughs> it's like, he went, he, went, he, went, he, he went to America on a false passport. He's banned from there because of his criminal record, so he borrowed the uh, passport of a friend who apparently he looks like, thereby fulfilling yet another stereotype <laughs> about knuckle-dragging Neanderthals who all look the same. And, and he got caught because they do fingerprint and iris tests at, the, at their pie, fulfilling yet another stereotype about the kind of people that support the EDL. So um, that is my gift to you this evening. Next time you're feeling low, feeling blue, think of him and what they do in prison. Um, I think we should invite straight back onto the stage now, ladies and gentlemen, for your listening pleasure. It is Ms. Loretta Main. No one has yet mentioned the best story of the week about a Brazilian woman who tried to murder her husband by putting poison in her vagina <laughs> and inviting him to go down on her. <laughs> Y'all read that story? Yeah, right? That was the best story of the week. Unfortunately, he thought she smelt weird and she was found out. So... <laughs> There were two floors to this plan. One, vaginas are absorbent, and so she was in danger of poisoning herself. And two, her husband will never go down on her again. <sighs> there are several easier ways to, uh, to kill your husband. You can put poison in a cake. Uh, you could put poison in his dinner. You could put poison on a pillow and smother him with it. You could put poison on a knife and stab him with it. You could just stab him. These techniques also work on boyfriends, lovers, and topical comedians. Alistair Barry. Wondering hands. Anyway. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Yeah. The first time, of course, that nasty smelling vaginas have made the headlines. <laughs> Six months ago, FemFresh made the headlines because of their advertising campaign, and if that's not topical, I don't know what it is. If, if you don't know what FemFresh is, it's a uh, deodorant for vaginas. 
uh, or as they call it, a woo-woo for your frou-frou. <laughs> now, ladies, listen. If your vagina smells so bad that you're considering deodorizing it, do not buy FemFresh. Go and see a doctor. <laughs> that is what is important here. This is my ode to FemFresh. Femme Fresh made a boo-boo by talking about my new-new like I'm some gaga goo-goo baby brain. If my hoo-ha has a smell-smell, I'm gonna go to hell-hell. I better scrub-scrub away all my shame. What is this baby word I hear? Is there some other word you seem to fear? Is it vagina, V-A-G-I-N-A? I know it makes you vom-vom when I talk about my dim sum, but it's just a word. Come say it, vagina. If it must have a nickname, let's give it one a kick. Like penis becomes cock, prick, or dick. Let's call it my smash bag, my boxer, I'll be blunt. I'd rather you just called it my cunt. Don't pussyfoot round my pussy, please. It's got a name and it ain't heresy. It is vagina, B-A-G-I-N-A. Not tutu-la-la, kitty-boo-boo, Barbara Tom Cruise. Not chi-chi-la-la, gaga, or a box of lady juice. Not chick-chick-chick-chick-chicken lay a little leg for me. I'm sorry if this song ain't your cup of tea, but you either got one. Or you seen one. But you definitely came out of one. So say it with me. Vagina. Come on, say it with me. Vagina. Very good. Big finish, everybody. Vagina. And Loretta May, thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Loretta May. Thank you, Loretta. We uh, have not been overwhelmed by audience contributions. I won't. That, that's qualitatively, not in terms of how many we've had. <laughs> I, I, actually, both. In, I've got in, no water. My gig's ruined. We're, we're put, well, we need, we need to get some water on the stage. We've got, this is Guys, some, this um, sharing Jesus. with the soil. Goodness, sorry. It's cool. we got, we're laughing. Um, actually, it, funnily enough, we, we stay on a, on a refreshment theme mm. with the first question that has come from the audience this evening. I, in light of the old adage, writes Simon D. Simon D? It's nice to have you back, Simon. <laughs> no, it's, it's not si it's Simon, then a D. Oh, the, the God. Going to yeah, say. Crikey, that's wow. You are what you eat. And in the wake of the horse DNA scandal, which, of course, the French have been eating it for years, what DNA, DNA would the panel like to see added to their food? Uh, 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 Wayne Deakin. What? 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 <laughs> I, what DNA would you like to see added to their food? Your food. Kangaroo. What, can, can, <laughs> it's going to be a short round. Is, is, um, is it good eating, the it's kangaroo? Great. It's great. It's lean. It's tasty. It's a little bit game. It's What's fantastic. Yeah? Is it like a bit like... Have you had kangaroo? We're the no, only country in the world where we eat both the kangaroo and emu, which is our coat of arms. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, the English we used to do that, but they ate all the unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> so 
And them, them lions are fucking good eating. Mm. Is, it, is, it, is, it a, is it regular? It's not like a sort of gimmick. No, no, it's kangaroo. a yogurt. You'll buy it in Tesco. I, I uh, in, uh, once in Coventry, had an ostrich tikka masala. Nice. Very, very nice. I mean, and big fortunes. <laughs> mm. Mm. I've, I've, eaten, uh, I've eaten crocodile. Have you? It was dead, but I ate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It did, you, did you leap into a, a creek and wrestle it to the edge and just fucking have its head off and have it frontier style? Or oh. did you go to a restaurant and go, I'll have the crocodile? Yeah, well, it was not even that. It was, <laughs> it was, uh, you got it in jerky form out of a 7-Eleven shop. Oh, I've had crocodile jerky. Yeah, yeah. It's good. And it's where nice you, to just look at a crocodile. Uh, we shop late at night when we're high. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't a Monday I at two in the afternoon decision. <laughs> I, I was. <laughs> the, the whole, the whole horse, the whole horse meat scandal. It seems can be traced back to Irish shores. That's quite right. Yes. I think you English were throwing all those dead horses away all these years. <laughs> They're very wasteful of you. <laughs> you. You know. We are talking about Tesco's bargain burgers here. Yes. If you're I mean, eating one of them, you don't really care what it is. <laughs> it's protein. You might as well have Soylent Green on the side of that. <laughs> Whatever. You're, eat, you're eating Northerners. Who gives a shit? Right. That's it. would be suits. great. You should actually dress as Charlton Heston <laughs> and, and, and or uh, I can't remember the other guy in it and go into the supermarket and mm. go, I'd like a burger, please. <laughs> God damn it. Was it I, I mean, obviously, if you're buying beef, you don't want to get horse. But, but were you, Miranda, repulsed by the notion that you might have accidentally eaten some horse? Absolutely not at all. No. I'm not a particular fan of horses. If it was a cute little puppy, I might be upset. But, you know, horses are all right. They look like they're probably quite tasty. French eat them. I'm not bothered. Really. I mean, the scary thing about the story was that it wasn't meat. It was, was it powder. It, so they found the DNA in meat, meat powder. But mm. there's a phrase that, frankly, we should probably be yeah, more familiar I'm with, yeah. given that we've no yeah. doubt... I, I don't know if anyone's uh, here is surprised at the notion that a uh, horse has been snorted. You tell people there's down. horse in the burgers, you get a very different kind of clientele at McDonald these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, Big Macs, please. Can I have a fucking happy meal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll suck your cock for a quarter pounder. <laughs> <laughs> That's like random jerky in a whole, a whole, a whole new meaning. Dried, no, dried meat. I said dried meat. I beg your pardon. What no. I want to know, what oh. I want to know, when it comes to eating animals. Simon D, what were you thinking when you asked this question? Well, he's from the sixties. What does he know? <laughs> Genuine question. We have a native squirrel called the Red, which is an absolutely lovely little fella. I saw, clapped eyes on my first Red uh, uh, on the Isle of Wight only last year, and I was enchanted. Uh, <laughs> Is absolutely what was he doing that was so enchanting? Well, it, they're just, they're gorgeous. And they're, they're lovely plumage and they're very frisky. Plumage? Well, you know, they've they got like a cape on them. They've got stuff. They're, they're very fluffy. They're more fluffy. What sort of, what sort of jerky had you been eating, man? <laughs> well, this, this is what I want to know, right? Yeah. If you, by law in, in the UK, if you capture a grey, which as we know is actually a larger American squirrel that got invasively introduced to this country by a mad aristocrat and then wiped out pretty much all the indigenous red squirrels through the clap. Did you know? <laughs> they have, the greys have syphilis. It can't affect us. It's not like a syphilis that will get to us. But it, like, basically, they, they fucked and ate and bullied our natives to the, to the highlands and onto an obscure island full of Tories. Right? But if you capture a grey by law here, you must kill it. 
because it is vermin. Now, what I want to know is, why don't we eat them? Because they've got syphilis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, we could, no, yes, yes, right. You know what I'm saying? They're very lean. We should do them. Clappy meals. (laughs) (laughs) That's a quality VD pun. How many of you came out tonight in London, one of the finest cosmopolitan cities in the world? Thinking you were going to get an STD tree climbing mammal based pun. Yeah. Not many of you, I'll wager. Not many of you. You, um, you mentioned uh, invasions of rapacious, mad aristocrats <laughs> taking over and, and shunting out the uh, indigenous people, or certainly acting against the interests of indigenous squirrels, which leads us neatly on to the next topic, which is about the Queen. Yay! Yay. Uh, uh, Namely, well, to begin with, the Queen of the Netherlands, who who is called Queen Beatrix, and who has announced her intention to abdicate. This is now getting prompts from the audience. These are dramatic pauses. I'm not not bloody forgetting. (laughs) She's announced her intention to abdicate at, I believe, the end of. (laughs) Nah! April, which has led many commentators to wonder why our own queen doesn't do the same. Now, before people talk about duty and, and uh, you know, oaths and honour and, and all of these things, I do genuinely believe, personally, the bottom line is, if she thought her son was going to be a brilliant king, she would step It's aside. not that. I asked, uh, my son did a, a seven-year-old son did a kind of project on Queen Victoria, who lasted 64 years, and he said... That's why Queen Elizabeth is still there. She wants to beat Vicky. It's literally, she's she got literally her own. That's wants it. to beat Vicky. Guinness Book of Records. That's it. The yeah. second she's passed Victoria, yeah. it'll be in. Yeah, that's but it. I yeah. It's a particularly yeah. seven-year-old boy oh, approach. Well, it makes sense but to a seven-year-old boy. Mm. That's exactly what I think. It's more of a United it. fan perspective on something. Yeah, that's true. He is a United fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just wants to get past uh, the record of that course. Liverpool set. Exactly. I just, I just like the idea of the Queen having a big calendar and crossing off a day. Just hang in there. (laughs) (laughs) But it it, it probably isn't that. That would render her a little bit silly and facile, wouldn't it? Imagine her in St. James's Palace stood in front of a massive big portrait of Queen Victoria going, In your fucking (laughs) face! (laughs) (laughs) Up yours! (laughs) England, England, number one. England, England, number one. one. England, England, number one. Who's not amused now? All, all of these analyses leave do they leave Prince Charles out of the equation? And it, I, I'll say it again: if she really thought that Prince Charles was going to be, she she must, on some level, recognise that. Oh, oh you know, the day that, that Beatrix abdicated, you know, yeah. she phoned him up, when, yeah. and he's like, oh, oh, the phone's like, diddle, diddle, diddle. Or, or I bet his phone goes, da, 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 da. Yeah, 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 mum, mm, nothing. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Miss Style. Were you watching the news? <laughs> yes, yes, I was. Well, I think Bruce, I've had an idea. Oh, yes. We're going to have fish tonight. <laughs> <laughs> because apparently there's almost nothing left. <laughs> mackerel, mackerel. Of Who course. knew mackerel? Fuck mackerel. Now, this, this, is, this is because we've, we've all been so attentive to the chefs telling us to stop eating certain foods. This is why eggs are so expensive now and a lot of people can't afford eggs anymore because if you Fernley Whittingstall 
campaigning against battery hens, and Mackerel's exactly the same. Mm. Everything Hugh Fernley-Whittingstall says seems to backfire quite horribly. <laughs> so he said you should eat more mackerel because we're running out of cod, and now there's only three mackerel left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was oily delight. <laughs> everyone's been eating mackerel because of Hugh Fernley-Whittingstall. Well, that's quite a great bizarre. way to He live. should try something more imaginative. If everyone's following, hanging on his every word in this Get way, him on the squirrels. <laughs> Get him on the <laughs> squirrels. Squirrel pie. One. Won't be long before we're finding a horse <laughs> in our mackerel. <laughs> <laughs> Which is going to be a trickier sell, I'm going to be honest with you. Why is there hair in my fish? Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> there seems a bit of hoof in the gill. <laughs> <laughs> Who among you, coming out tonight in London, thought you would hear? This is quality stuff. I heard, I heard echoes of Loretta's last song during some of those last comments. I don't know, so. Um, so we don't think it's because Charles is a lemon. Well, I think Charles is great. I think we don't know that much about him, but he seems no, like a good father. Yes. He seems like a good father, really? and he's a good father and a good stepfather to the boys, and that shows character. I think. <laughs> Look at the pictures. <laughs> Look at the pictures. That's well, our fucking royal family you're talking about, mate. Yeah, well. <laughs> one in four of us in Ireland still have them too. <laughs> I do hate it when the colonials bicker. <laughs> I love the Queen, man. We love the Queen in Australia. We yeah. love the Queen. It goes in cycles, though, Wayne, doesn't it? She has those periods of Republican oh, well, fervor. Yeah, well, it's it's well, it's good because it's like it's the Queen and she lives. It's, the Queen's our boss. Let's face it, the Queen's the boss of Australia, and our boss lives ten thousand miles away. <laughs> we haven't worked a Friday in fucking years. <laughs> it's hard to imagine Prince Charles engendering that sort of. From from the over, from the what colony. Yeah, no, he's, 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 he, as soon as she? the Queen goes in Australia, yeah. certainly once the Queen goes, the Queen rocks, man. She's fucking. And William's doing all. all right. He seems to be. Yeah, but that'll fade when the pressure's on, though. Which yeah. I mean, the thing? Third in line. I mean, you know, it's like it's like one of the Kardashian, one of the re- more retarded Kardashians. No, you, <laughs> you put up with them until the other one dies. Yeah. Oh, you mean that one that isn't even a Kardashian? Remember that episode came out? Oh, fucking hell. Is there anything that you don't a have a conspiracy theory about? Oh, I love the Kardashians. Um, now, now, the Kardashians, I can't remember. Did they come between uh, the Vulcans and the Romulans? <laughs> yeah. Or between the Romulans and the Klingons? You've got daughters. Stop bullshitting. It's the, it's the can't. I'm yeah. pretty sure the Kardashians, yeah, they're not part of the Federation. Can I just say, I once went to a Buckingham Palace tea party, not because I was invited, but because I'm a journalist, and so I blagged my way in. And uh, it's, a, you know, it's, it's, it's lovely. The house itself is not that great, but you go out mm. to the back mm. of well, the garden. these things are relative, mm. Miranda. It's a bit dirty. <laughs> it honestly was a bit mucky. Really? Yeah, I went but that's a bit But the location's oh, okay, though. Yeah, the location's okay. People, yeah. Yeah. And so you, mm. you went out onto the back garden, and it was, you know, <laughs> lovely, really nice, and they served... Um, you know, cuc- exactly what you thought. Cucumber sandwiches and cups of tea, and they had a brass band playing in the corner. And she came through, and she moves like she's on wheels. She's really small, and she moves like she's on a trolley. It's amazing. And I, like, an, I don't know why I did this, but I stood on a chair to have a look. <laughs> and I was told that that was not good. And then <laughs> later on... Not I good. I, <laughs> I don't know where I thought... The I idea of an equerry coming up to you and going, dude, not cool. Not yeah. the chair. Oh. She doesn't need a driver's licence. That pissed me off when I found that out. I mean, I, I live here. I pay for them. Uh, you, when you grow up in a republic, you just can't go back. It's just silly. 
it seems cruel and psychologically retarded, a royalty. But, you know, I pay for it. And, you know, if, as long as the majority of English people are into it, well, then fuck it. it I don't really feel like I've got a, a dog in the race when it comes to it. But when I found out she doesn't need a driver's license, do you know she's been driving around with no license? And without no license, you don't need insurance. She's got no license, yep. no insurance, no tax. And she's been driving around the streets for years, the fucking menace. <laughs> It's, just, I, I, it's, it's this thing of she can't because the license is technically from her. Do you know half the week she's in Swansea just? That idea, that idea that she that she's that she glides like that. Yeah. That yeah. she, she really glides. Does. I quite like the idea of her coming up to you and you, you, you're extending your hand and the Queen going hello. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> She's a Kardashian. <laughs> no, the, the, but the thing is, so, 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 and and Queen Beatrix has a day in uh, it's, it's Queen's Day in they have Queen's Day in Holland. It's once a year. They just get smashed and all wear orange. It's mental. <laughs> Absolutely mad. Like being in Basildon. Think it through. And uh, but I, I do, but she abdicated. But I can quite seriously see the situation being that she woke up the day after and went, "Why wow, I was quite a celebration yesterday." <laughs> <laughs> oh, let us, let us read today's papers and see if there was any news. <laughs> oh no! I should not have had a second cake. I have abdicated by mistake, and my son is a fuck up. Doesn't, doesn't the Queen of the Netherlands really talk like Steve? She does. Hello, <laughs> I am Queen Beatrix of the Netherlands. Andrew, Can what? I interest you in a huge round cheese? <laughs> Prince Harry. Oh, don't, well, don't, well. don't. You know, I just, you know, he's been out there flying around in a helicopter, killing people. And it, for me, what again, I don't really give a toss. But <laughs> but then, the glib... Did Emmy read that really glib thing he said? Yeah. Well, you know, you've got to kill some to save some. Wow. You cunt. <laughs> now, that's not sophisticated humour by me, but really, motherfucker? <laughs> and then the first thing he comes back and goes, well, I don't really like being back in the UK because there's so much press invasion. Intrusion. What, a long lens camera is more intrusive than a fucking rocket in the middle of a wedding party, is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What? He's a killer, man! No, I'm, well, that's, that's the sound of wishing he'd said it on the radio. <laughs> he's a fucking killer. And I don't mind, like, you know, it's, it's the fact that he's there all for fucking show and there'll have to be at least a unit of special forces just fucking behind him to make sure he doesn't get fucking killed. Uh, right, so he's actually draining resources from the actual working class kids from fucking Bolton and fuck knows where up north he's, he's, that are actually in the British Army. He's uh, flying a helicopter against a, an enemy that sells fucking sandals to get an old AK-47. It's hardly a fair fight. I yeah, exactly. It's not exactly the most fairest to fight in the first place. And, and they're and smacked out of their tits. I've... Uh, I've <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Taliban are only fighting for an hour in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's a busy hour, but once they get that done, it's nap time. And it, and, and it, of course, he's done all his practice on video games, of course, That's the, which, is, which adds to the, the glibness yeah. of the, of the, yeah. Of the internet. Yeah, but he's out there. You know, you've got to kill something to save something. You've yeah. got to take a life to save a life. That's a take a life, save oh. a life, yeah. Yeah, it's I, I've met wow. I've met a couple of uh, uh, lads wow. who uh, served out there, and uh, they don't like fucking talking about the business end of things, which Ooh, makes no, me ever, wonder. Ever. They go, re you meet soldiers who do that for a living. They go really fucking quiet about it. There's no pride about it. Yeah. There's no fucking gloating. There's no taking a life. It's a serious fucking business. And to go to the 
fucking journalists. I'm yeah. with I'm with Maxwell. He's a cunt. <laughs> He's oh, a there goes the knighthood. Cunt. Of course, at least. It was the fact there was nothing in the oh, British right. press to counter that well, at you, all. The, you know, actually, the supposed left wing in Britain shut the fuck up and put their fingers up their asses. <laughs> it's either nothing with the tour, you know, it's particularly since last summer, the big suck, cock sucking fest of the fucking the Windsors. Now everybody in the British mainstream life just shuts the fuck up about, oh, well, you know, they've been around so long. The, the, journalistic, the journalistic defense is access. So, I, I mean, at risk of being self-interested, there were broadcasters and, and people on the telly and the radio who might have expressed opinions similar to yours. But if you were... I didn't hear them. Well, you clearly don't tune into my show. You could make it slightly less obvious. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Yeah, of course I did. Did you call him a war criminal? Uh, that, uh, did you say, did uh, you say, uh, I didn't use the C Come word. Come on, Max. Jimmy's hurting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's, that's a tricky one on there. But yeah. for the newspaper, well, that's what I'm from the newspaper's point of view, if they do that, they are off the plane for the next trip and, yeah, and the right. Royal sell papers so there's a commercial it's not a defence it's just an explanation it's oh I understand why cowardice happens man yeah <laughs> <laughs> people if, well, if, we you're, if you're if you're, yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. rude yeah, about the royal family people get very very um, up in arms about you being rude about them but as long as I'm paying their cunting wages, I'll say what the <laughs> fuck I like. Yeah. Well, at least, at least Prince oh, Charles I mean. hasn't been doing anything controversial this week. by demonstrating Well, he was the head of the paratroop regiment in the 70s. Yeah, this week, I said. What is it about this week you don't understand? He's, been, he's done nothing controversial this week. He's been demonstrating his common touch by almost being able to operate his Oyster card unaided on his own <laughs> while, while travelling one stop on the tube in a private carriage. That's the common touch. I, That's the common touch in, touch out, actually, isn't it? Yes, uh, you look at Prince Charles and you can just imagine him saying, you ain't got no legs, Major Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you can see him sitting in Victoria Park with his chocolates. <laughs> then when I met my wife, she got run over in Paris. <laughs> but she went with me, though. I think, genuinely, no. the reason why she won't hand over to him is she doesn't trust him. She thinks deep down he's a Republican. Concerns to close. The uh, imminent arrival on these shores of, of, well, depending on who you talk to, either none or billions of Bulgarians and Romanians has uh, focused the attention of, of all predictable parties. But one of the interesting elements of this story is, is the fact that the government is apparently trying to find ways to put people off from coming to Britain. Have you seen, you've seen this story? The, yeah, the, the yeah. notion that they will take out adverts in Bulgaria and Romania in an attempt to prevent people from their coming here. Given, given that clearly nothing put you off, Wayne Deakin, I'll begin by uh, asking you how, how you might help deter foreigners from coming to these, I think, these shores. I think if they know that when they're over here, it's just going to be a heap of Australians going, where are you from? <laughs> Romania. <laughs> right. <laughs> Does that mean Rome? <laughs> 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 oh, you know, just let them know when they come over here that sister isn't actually a nurse, she's working in a brothel. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That'll work. Mir Mir Miranda, it's, it's a weird story because you don't know. You've got Migration Watch on the one hand screaming and then on the other hand you've got the government saying that we really aren't lying, we really haven't got a clue, but clearly concern is running high. So uh, th what would you do? How would you... Uh How would I put them off? I yeah. mean, I think it's interesting as a story given that the EU problems that, you know, that we talked about in the beginning of the show... Because you're either you're either in the EU or you're not, and if yeah. they're in the EU, then they come over. It's a, it's up to them. That's part of the deal. Surely we can go over, you know, if we want to, and go and uh, live in Spain. 
um, and, and the Costa del Sol. Um, or they can come over here and, and, and work. That's, that's that we are supposedly European. I think what's interesting about the whole story is that over the last 10 years, the amount of people coming to live in Britain has gone up 66%, so it's like 3 million extra. And I've got no kind of axe to grind about that. I just wonder why. I wonder why particularly we are like really attractive now. I mean, if you know whether or not we put them off by, you know, I don't know, taking them to IKEA car park on a Sunday or something. But like, you know, you can put them off like that way. Inside. And indeed inside or anywhere yeah. like that. Primark. The Spice Girls musical, I've been to that. Um, <laughs> but I'm genuinely interested as to why we've suddenly become really attractive. And I don't really know what that is. I mean, supposedly it's our education, but we appear to be kind of attacking Probably. that. Supposedly it's our tolerance, but we're obviously displaying that we're not that tolerant because we don't want them there. So I don't really know why it, why it is. But it's, it's not. I mean, France and Germany's figures are quite similar to ours. Yeah. We're, 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 not, we're not overbalanced, but so it is just chasing the money, and now there's none left. There you go, that's the billboard. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we run out. <laughs> but it's not, it's not negatives. It's not things like you know, trying to claim benefits. It's trying to come here, earn money at a level that you simply couldn't have earned at home, which was true in France and Germany and Britain. Obviously wasn't true, as we now know, in places like Greece or even Spain. Um, and if you were in Eastern Europe, uh, it, it probably still looks quite attractive. Also the language. You know, people can speak English, often better than the English. It's very odd <laughs> that, uh, the, 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 you know, they're, they're thinking of doing some sort of negative campaign about coming over to Britain, you know, when, when what people are doing. It's not coming to... They're not thinking about... They're well, just thinking about the unremitting shithole they live in and, and getting away from that. Oh, yeah. So what you've got to do is make where, where they live look better rather than putting an advert out in Romania going, how many jobs are there in England? One, one job. Ah, ah, ah. ah. <laughs> Well, it's, it's only going to remind the people in Bulgaria and Romania that, that maybe they should come here. Yes. You know, so because well, oh, we can go to Britain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay, let's stop <laughs> kicking this donkey and live for once. <laughs> um, the, uh, because famously in the 70s, you know, with the, uh, the Ugandan Asians, where Indians, when they got booted out of East Africa, there was, uh, the Leicester Mercury uh, took ads in ethnic papers in East Africa to tell people, don't come here. <laughs> oh, you Asians, don't come here. And everybody in East Africa who was fleeing from a mad bastard who was eating people went, let's go there. <laughs> it's, we now know the name of a town in England. Let's go there. <laughs> so I, I would put forward to you that it probably backfired for the right wing within uh, Leicestershire. And it also backfired for the 400 Asians who chartered a rocket and went to Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, that, it's <laughs> my favourite gag of the James, night. I'm James. Sorry. I can, I can work the room one fucking laugh at a time. It takes a lot longer. If all get on board or fuck off, I can't hang about. So that really is it for this evening. Please, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that was a groan. That was a real groan. That was a oh. groan. Oh, thank you. Oh. People, people have got trains to We're going to miss you too. Uh, <laughs> we have to return to our show business lives in the disabled toilet. <laughs> How many encores oh. are we going to do? No, yeah. no encores. Yeah, ah, 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 ah. ah. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Maxwell, Wayne Deacon, Miranda Sora, and Phil Jupiter. Please, uh, we're back on March the 3rd. We're back here on March the 3rd. The podcast, of course, will be available imminently. Uh, panelists for the next one include Owen Jones, the new darling of the left. Uh, I would like you also 
to thank the creators of No Pressure to Be Funny, Nick Revel and Alistair Barry, who have delighted you this evening, and of course, Miss Loretta Main. This has been No Pressure to Be Funny. I'm James O'Brien. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>